Welcome back into Bearcat Rewind. As today, we are talking with a former Northwest Missouri State student athlete. It is Ken Peek. He was a discus hammer throw shot put back at Northwest Missouri State in the 1990s and has been coaching it in high school for about the last 25, 26 years, has hung around that, and, and Ken has been hit by some adversity throughout, too. We'll touch on a little bit of everything, but first, uh, Coach Peek, we appreciate coming on, talking with us, and you know we've kind of got past the track and field season. That's kind of wrapped up both high school and college, so maybe a time to kind of sit back and relax a little bit more as we do kind of head into these summer months as uh, June rolling now. Sounds, sounds good. I'm looking forward to, to sharing with some information with you guys. So, You know, we look at this time of year, and usually the last few months you'd be pouring so much energy and, and sweat and blood and tears just into coaching up these students and making sure they're ready to go and getting them off and a chance to win a state title um, there with Liberty North, but hit with some adversity, as I mentioned. Uh, you found a tumor on your brain, surgery in late May. For those that are tuning in, trying to get that quick update, how's Ken Peak doing now? How do you feel and how are things progressing? Um, you know, man, I feel great. Um, you know, I, I, my mindset is just one of... Uh, being really determined and i'm a fighter and i'm stubborn and um you know i've known from the day i got the diagnosis that i was going to win this battle and um you know i just approach every day like um an opportunity to you know to live and enjoy life and i think my attitude and my demeanor of how i'm going to fight this cancer is going to go a long way to to, to win in this battle and you know the first big steps over like you said i had surgery on may 23rd so we're almost pushing two weeks now post-surgery and uh, right now I'm home he- healing kind of letting the swelling go down and um, my mobility is pretty good one of the the big risk factors of the surgery was uh, paralysis and my right and my right lower right leg because the tumor was located in the spot of the brain that was causing issues that's kind of how I knew where the symptoms started developing I started losing feeling and sensation in my right leg so um, you know, those things are all coming back. I'm, I'm not quite 100% yet, but I have started um, taking some short trips and driving a little bit and getting some of that independence back, and, and that will all come back over time. But, you know, right right now, like we said, I'm just uh, in the healing process, and um, as soon as we get a, a, some pathology reports back, we'll know an exact start date when I, when I start my radiation and chemotherapy. So, like you said, um, you know, May with me normally is really a really hectic time of the year. And, you know, we got this tumor diagnosis. It was the day before um, our conference track meet, which we were hosting at Liberty North. And, uh, you know, Suburban Gold Conference is no joke. It's it's one of the power conferences in the state. So I was in full-on track meet mode, like you said. And then that came, obviously came to a screeching halt. And I had to put the brakes on. And, you know, it was difficult to watch, you know, our teams go through districts and sectionals and state and, yeah, and, you know, I had to watch from the sidelines. So, but uh, you know, good thing a lot of the things now are live streamed, and you can see live results. So, I've always told the kids, you know, even though I wasn't physically with you at the track meets, you know, I was there with you. I just wasn't there in, in person. So, well, you know, it's such a blessing to be, you know, still pretty recent from surgery, but to be in the situation you are now, to where you're talking, you're getting that mobility back, you're doing well. I mean, we talked before about how. Um, you had a video just kind of letting folks know how you're doing. You made the day after the surgery, too. So um, 
the progression is going well. Still a long road, but looking forward to seeing you get back up uh, to 100% and going here in no time. You, know, you talked yeah, definitely. Kind of, you talked a little bit about that mental mindset of, hey, all right, I got the diagnosis, I'm going to beat it, which doesn't mean that at some points, you know, there wasn't a little bit of fear that kind of goes through your your body and you kind of get, you know, all right, yeah. what are the different things that can happen? But regardless, you still had that mindset of, I'm going to beat this, I'm going to get over it. You know, we talk a lot about mental mindsets in athletics and, and um, being mentally tougher than those around you, but how much do you feel that does play a big factor in oh, day-to-day I, I life situations? Uh, I think it's huge, you know, and as a, like you said, this is my, gosh, 26th year of coaching, and, you know, one of the things we always preach to our athletes at any level is you can only control what you can control. And, you know, whether it's in the field of competition and your mental preparation, your physical preparation, and it's... That's how I'm attacking this tumor. And, and like you said, I think the day that we got the diagnosis and, um, you know, it was just I use kind of the acronym or the analogy of like getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson and run over by a freight train at the same time. And, you know, you just have this huge wall that you just hit. And, and my wife and I, we, we had this probably for about 10 minutes. We kind of collected ourselves, and we cried a little bit, and she just looked at me, and she said, I know in my gut that this is not this is not right. And, you know, my wife and I, we've only been married. It'll be five years this October. We've known each other for a long time, but she's like, you know, I waited my whole life for you, and this isn't going to happen this way. we got another 50 years to live in, and we kind of just flipped the switch, and we made the decision right there that we were going to do nothing but surround ourselves with positive people. Um, you know, when we told all of our family members, I'm like, we're going to give you just this second to collect yourself, but then, you know, we're going to live our lives and we're going to continue pushing and, um, there's no tears. It's all just determination and then how we're going to attack this. So, you know, it's not only my battle, it's the battle of all of our kids and, you know, my wife and, um, we're, we're just doing this together and we've just decided from day one, Hey, we're just going to attack this thing. And, you know, for me, the hardest part was waiting to get this surgery because from the time that I got diagnosed to the surgery, it was almost three weeks. Mm. Um, but it gave me a lot of time to do, you know, the things I needed to do. The people say you got to have the conversations you need to have and get your affairs in order. And, you know, I took care of all that stuff because, you, you know, there's always the unknown. Um, but it also gave me the time to just mentally be ready. And, you know, I was excited the day we went into surgery. And I was I was ready to have that first step taken care of because I knew once I got past that first hurdle, then let's get living the rest of our lives. And, you know, it was, it was during that time where things became very clear to me on, you know, the idea of, of forming a foundation and being able to give back to the sport of, of track and field and, and ultimately be able to help my alma mater as well. So, um it just gave me a lot of time to, to get that mental preparation ready, Matt. You know, it is one of those that's, it's, yeah, you, you kind of get punched in the gut by Mike Tyson and, and you kind of feel that getting hit by a freight train. But you know in the long run that there are going to be benefits that come from this. There are some blessings in disguise of from the foundation. Maybe this is something that's going to connect you closer to some other family and friends that you haven't seen in quite a while. Maybe it also could be the fact that there's another student within the high school that eventually you'll connect with because their parents are going through something. There's a lot of sure. different minutiae that can come from this. But you got to find those positives. When you're kind of going through this and you get the diagnosis, can you give us some of that background, too, of what led you to kind of going to getting this checked out and, and brought this on? Sure. So um, being, a, being a throws coach, 
um, you know, everything starts with, with your feet and, you know, the, into the, your feet and, and the contact with the ground. And I, I had noticed um, in earlier April, like, sometimes my right side and my right foot wasn't quite cooperating the way it should have, and, like, didn't th- think a whole lot of it. But I remember very distinctly, it was April 15th, that it was the return of the KU Relays, 100th anniversary. And the morning we went over there, I, I had loaded um, a tent and some waters and snacks into my pickup truck because I was, I was driving separately and to get there in front of the kids on the buses. And I'm, as soon as I left Liberty North and started getting on 152 going toward Lawrence, I noticed some tingling and numbness in my right leg. And it was so bad that I, there were times I couldn't even tell if my foot was on the gas or the brake. And I had to phys- phys- physically like maneuver my leg from, from gas to brake pedal. And I'm like, well, this isn't right. And so I, I thought at the time I was just going to kind of chalk it up to a pinched nerve from loading that stuff. And, uh, you know, also when you're, you're 53 years old, sometimes you wake up and you hurt, you don't even know what you did. So I didn't think a whole lot of it. And, um, so I was at, at KU beat the whole day. And while I was moving around, I had absolutely no problems. And throughout this whole process, Matt, I've never had any pain whatsoever. And which is really kind of the doctors have, were a little befuddled by that. But, you know, I came, I came home from the KU relays. And as soon as I got on I-70 in the turnpike, it was the numbness came back. And, and the second day of the KU relays, it was even worse. Um, in fact, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to drive over that day. And my wife followed me over and I just had to make sure I took my time and, and stayed clear of folks. And so the following week, I, I went to my doctor and I went to my chiropractor a couple of times and everybody was just kind of chalking it up to um, uh, vertebrae was kind of bulging and my lower uh, SI joint was kind of locked up and uh, didn't get a whole lot of relief from the chiropractor, maybe just a little bit. And the symptoms still persisted with the numbness and the tingling and at that time, we were hosting our um, our Liberty North track meet that weekend, so my focus was just on getting that ready to roll and made it through the weekend and the track meet. And then the next week, um, well, in the meantime, I, my primary physician had ordered an MRI of my lumbar area, and it was denied because insurance companies deny things, you know, and didn't think it was a valid claim, whatever. So I just thought about my business. So then the second week, um, I started having what I was calling some spasms where I would lose control of my right leg. And it would be from a slight tap to almost a violent contraction where my leg was coming up off the ground. And, and still I was kind of chalking it up to a blood flow issue with this nerve, pinched nerve. And um, they progressed. They got worse. Uh, they got more violent. And the frequency in, in, uh, increased. And so it was uh, May the 4th. It was the day before we were supposed to host a conference track meet. I had two really bad ones before I left for work, and then right before my first hour class, I had a really bad one. And um, Brian Rockers, a guy I teach with, he's like, "Coach, you got to go go to the doctor." I said, "This is ridiculous." And and um, I, I just said, "Okay, I'm going." Cover my class, and they let the office know. And then um, so it, was, it took it took several hours. You know, at the hospital, I went to the ER there in Liberty, and. Um, by the end of the day, they decided to admit me because they said, we need to get some pictures of some things, and we, we have to admit you. And it was later that night, they finally got me in for an MRI, and um, you know they started with the lumbar area, um, and then they said, okay, we're going to do one of your brain, and I was kind of questioning, okay, I don't know why, but go ahead. And then 
they pulled me out of the MRI tube and they said, okay, we're going to do one more of your brain. And this time I'm putting some contrast in, which helps kind of things light up in your brain. And, and so then that morning of May the, May the 5th, um, that's when the doctor came in and showed me the pictures. And sure enough, you know, he's, you can see it plain as day. Like I had a tumor growing on my brain. So that's like we said, you know, the, the avalanche landed on top of me and getting punched and ran over by a train at the same time. So, you know, it all started with just some numbness and tingling in my right leg. And I, I never in the wildest, wildest dreams did I think it would be a tumor and let alone the type of tumor that it is. So, um, just had never even crossed my mind. Hmm. That is, that is tough. But then look here a month later and on your feet and, and going once again. So, uh, love to see that and the ability to bounce back and, and keep on pushing. You know, Junior's Cancer Survivor Month, you probably never anticipated being well, I, I being part of that at this point, you know. I didn't realize that uh, May was Brain brain Cancer Awareness Month. <laughs> wow, no, I did not either. No, yeah, so I, I, I got a lot, uh, a lot of knowledge about brain cancer awareness in a short period of time, so. For sure, man. Tell me about the community support side from from the folks there around Liberty North, Northwest Missouri State. Um, you know, back up here around throughout this portion of the state in general, and just what this has been like hearing from folks. And maybe it's been a while since some of those have contacted you, but I mean that coaching uh, tree spreads out so wide, and you touch so many kids throughout. You know, it's been absolutely amazing. I think um, the Monday I got after I got the diagnosis, I had had some conversations with a few folks at school. But um, that morning I had scheduled a meeting with oh, all of my track staff, and we have a we have 16 coaches on our track staff at Liberty North, and then my PE department that I work with, um, and I kind of broke the news to them. And by the end of the day, um, one of my assistant track coaches, Clarissa Linger, and she's kind of my uh, my javelin coach to be replacement. She'd already organized um, a, a, a grip it and rip it T-shirt sales, and um, have some blankets and stickers and keychains, and through a local business there in town. And it's kind of funny. I'm like, I'm on my way home, and my wife's calling me and wanting to know somebody wants to know if their shirts are polyester or cotton. I go, well, I don't even know what shirt you're talking about. <laughs> and so by the end of the first day, you know that that um, was going, and I have a good friend. Uh, Tyler Rathke started a GoFundMe page to help help our family because, um, quite honestly, with um, the timing at the end of the school year, you know, my wife and I both had to take off a lot of days that, that were unpaid, and, you know, that's going to affect our paychecks for the next several months, and we knew we were going to need a little help, so he started that uh, GoFundMe, and then um, there's a family there in Liberty that owns a, a sporting goods store, and they did a raffle with a autographed Chiefs helmet, um, for me and um, did a lot of support. And then talking about our Northwest days, um, one of my roommates, and he was actually a high school teammate of mine, um, but we were at Northwest together too. He owns, owns a brewery down in Belton called Broken Hatchet Brewery, and he did a beers for battle one night where he donated a dollar of every beer, um, you know, to help our family. And that's still going on. So he'll, um, He'll have people just come in and still give donations at random, just trying to still help us out. So um, there's just been a, a lot of things going on. And then um, Matt Morrison, one of my – he's my javelin thrower that's a returning state champion and All-American. He designed his own T-shirt 
um, on the front of it, it says beat cancer and it's, it's got a spear or an arrow kind of representing the javelin and on the back of it has the grip it and rip it slogan. So, um, it's just been amazing and the outreach from people and, um, you know, I've got a lot of, a lot of good friends and family from Northwest that have reached out and spent time and talked to me and, um, you know, just, just that family of Bearcats. And like you said, there's been a lot of people that, and I haven't seen in a long time that I have talked to, but um, in another sense, though, um, I think it's brought a lot of us closer together because last fall, you know, our 92 team went into the Hall of Fame, and that's the first time in, oh, for some of those guys, 30 years, they were able to all come back together. And, you know, Coach Alsop was there. We got to spend some time with him. And, you know, a lot of those guys hadn't seen him in a long time. So being able to spend some time together last fall, at homecoming, it was it was nice, and you know now we've kind of all reconnected, and those guys have reached out to me, and we talked on a regular basis, and just great, great people doing whatever they can to help. And you love that too. We always hear the "once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat" mantra and that slogan out there. But then it, you really times of crisis, people need something. You really do see folks coming together and seeing that kind of work through in that way. Another big one, as you mentioned there, with some of the branding, some of those T-shirts. Grip It and Rip It, the new foundation you've also started, which is going beyond just your care. But if folks want to get one of these uh, shirts or check out keychains, anything like that, we'll, we'll tweet that, Facebook it. It'll be in the description okay. for the podcast. You can find that, too. Tell us about Grip and Rip It's. I mean, that's something you've taken from track and field all the way to brain surgery. It's one thing that it's always been with you. Kind of give us that background. Well, I, you know, that, that phrase came into play when I was a college thrower from a, from a coach up in Doan. And, you know, it kind of seems like you go to some track meets and it's always the same schools there. And, you know, with us, it was Doan College. And Coach Dunnigan had this phrase, grip it and rip it. And he had some others, too. But this was one that always kind of stuck with me. And, um, you know, it's just about – it's not just about grabbing a discus and slinging it, throwing it as far as you can. It's about, you know, how you choose to wake up every day and live life. And, you know, and you know, we always tell kids about, you know, don't have any regrets and leave everything on the playing field and you know, do the best you can in the classroom. And so at the, at the end of your day or at the end of your four years or at the end of your career, you can look back and, and not have any regrets. And, and so, you know, I've always kind of used that slogan and, and quite honestly, you know, there's been times in my life where, where it was, it's been difficult. And when you have challenges, you just have to kind of knock yourself, pick yourself up and knock the dust off and keep moving forward. And, and then, um, when I started here in, in Liberty North, you know, I think my first year we had about 25 throwers in our group, and then we had three coaches, and now we're at four coaches and about 80 to 85 kids in our throwing group every year. Hmm. And, um, you know, we just started ending practice with one, two, three, grip it, and rip it. And, and coaches, we'd always kind of find a kid who had maybe a breakout practice or a good training session. So we'd let everybody kind of get involved. And we've always had kind of this family atmosphere within our throws group. And, um, and you know, I, I didn't choose grip it, rip it. That's just something that I guess people thought that represented me and was a good slogan for this battle. And, you know, Coach Langer started to grip it, rip it shirts. And it just kind of took off. And um, I'm just was really touched that you know people would even recognize that much about me and then um one of my big passions you know since i started working at north is 
is building a javelin runway. And um, the day, the morning that I told the coaches, you know, I was going to walk away for the rest of the season and my diagnosis, well, they, Mike Klug, our, our, one of my assistant coaches, and he teaches shop, he had this huge old like, concrete paver, and they had already typed a drip-it-rip-it runway with my name on it. That was going to be my going-away retirement gift. And so that was already done before they even knew I had cancer. So obviously that grip-it-rip-it slogan had carried over and had left an impact. So now I feel like it's just kind of a blessing that it, it is a good kind of battle cry and just a mentality of how we're going to fight this cancer you know it has an impact there with so many folks hearing that as you go through this battle it's going to have a lot of impact on track and field athletes as we go throughout too as you mentioned the new grip it rip it foundation too trying to raise some money so some track and field student athletes have that chance to go on and continue that career or coaching or however they want to go into it and this seems like that's something that's awfully close to your heart yeah definitely i mean obviously you know i, I can i can credit um, you know one person to put me on my path as a coach um, Tom O'Brien was a coach at Savannah that kind of talked me into going into track and field and you know he's one of the one of the best coaches in the state of Missouri has ever seen in track and field and cross country and he's still doing it today in Kearney so um, you know I, I, I everybody's different I know everybody has different passions but when I'm going through this and you think about there's a bigger reason, you know, why I've been handed this diagnosis and your mind goes a lot of different ways, but everyone always came back to this central focus of how can I improve and make things better and what I can control. That's that centers around track and field and just can continue to give back to the sport that's given me so much. And, you know, like you said, yeah, I, I want to be able to provide some financial opportunities for, you know, to help kids that are, high school track and field athletes who want to go into teaching and coaching and um, just being able to help them. And, and like currently we're doing some lessons in the summer and uh, my daughter's kind of taken over our summer throws league program. And she, you know, she's in the education program and wants to be a coach as well. So um, like Dakota Schmidt, who just graduated from up there, he's given some javelin lessons to help out this summer. And, um, you know, so there's some things and goals of the foundation are already in place. And, um, you know, Right, right now is our, our primary way. We're going to try to raise some funds. I've got some cancer awareness bracelets, you know, that we're selling, and um, you know, and, and it's just still in the early early phases of it. But you know, it's my passion to keep building this foundation and um, being able to give back as much as I can. I, I think if I, you know, like you said, if I can reach out to somebody and, and help them and them in any way, then I'm all game for that. I'm I'm ready to go. So. <laughs> It's just all like, all about the mentality and how we want to approach and live our lives. You mentioned before that uh, 1992 MIAA championship for Northwest Missouri State track and field a little bit earlier this spring. Bearcat women won the conference for the first time since 1998. Of course, your daughter, Caitlin Peak on that team. How special is that just to be able to, to share those moments? And you know, you're, you're passing on the, the athletic ability and the sport and everything like that, but then to be able to share in something as special as winning a conference title, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, that was uh, that's almost kind of like those storybook endings people talk about. Um, you know, Caitlin, um, there's a lot of similarities between the two of us. I mean, people look at her and they think, well, she should be a high jumper. She, you know, she's almost six foot tall and she's long and lean and she's always liked to throw heavy objects. And, 
you know, she started throwing the, the weight throw and hammer when she was in middle school or maybe even a freshman in high school and just kind of fell in love with it. But, um, you know, my 92 team, we were a bunch of underdogs and we had no business going down there and knocking off Pitt State and UCM. And, um, you know, we, we, we pulled it off. And then you know, this year, you know, Coach Masters does a great job and, you know, you look at that, boy, they had a tough task in hand. Same same two schools. You got UCM and Pitt State we got to knock off. And, you know, they gave it a heck of a run at the indoor season. And, you know, I give them credit. They pulled it off in the outdoor season. So it was it was great to watch. And, um, you know, I drove down that Sunday, the final day. Caitlin was throwing um, discus that day. And um, that was the same day I told her about the diagnosis. And, um, and so, you know, I, we I, – from day one, we told the kids, I'm like, there's not going to be any tears. We're going to keep living our life. And we hugged a little bit. And I said, okay, now get your butt over there and enjoy your victory lap with the team and go make some memories. And, you know, all the way home that night, she's sending me pictures on the bus of her and her teammates passing a trophy around. And um, there's kind of this old photo of me and Ron Perkins in 92. We were kind of holding the MIAA trophy and giving a Heisman pose. And, then when we, she got back to Northwest, Caitlin and Quinn Weekly kind of recreated the pose. And then I go, okay, and I got a wild hair at my uh, an idea. So we're going to – Caitlin and I took a road trip up to Northwest. And, and Coach Nicky had uh, the trophy from 92. And there's actually a funny story behind that because that's it's not the original. It's a replica because one of my teammates quite possibly threw that in Colton Pond. I don't know. There's, there's a backstory to that. but We'll find it down there one of these days. <laughs> That's a different story altogether. But so there's a replica that was made. So Caitlin got hers, you know, from the this season, and so we kind of recreated that photo. And um, Matt Elick, he was on my team in '92. He does some graphic design on the side, so he he recreated that. And um, we had a lot of fun road tripping that day to Maryville and doing that. And Caitlin learned a lot of, a lot of things about her old man and days in Deville. So a lot of <laughs> a lot of good memories made. You think about track and field, and it's, you know what, if you're out there throwing, if you're going to be running or jumping, whatever you're doing, you're doing it by yourself. But it's all toward the greater good of the team and trying to build up to be able to win that team title. You know, sure. think about what you're going through right now with your surgery, and it's, all right, the surgery is going to be on Ken, but it's the community rallying around you to help pull this out to get back to the other side. I just feel like there are some pretty cool parallels that we're seeing, and as Northwest comes out and wins a trophy and, and on top of the league, you're getting through this and being pulled along as well by this community of going to be on top and beating this battle here before long too. So, look. yeah, it was it was pretty special. And you know, my uh, my boys team this year um, was a pretty special track and field team, and um, we ended up getting second down at the state championships. We we just came up a little bit short versus Rockbridge, but you know, those guys were on a mission all season, and um, we really started hitting our stride. You know, and the weather started picking up and we, we made a few changes on some relay teams and I knew we had a shot to win it down there. And, you know, I always wanted my message to the kids to be, you know, I don't want you to go down there and try to do something that you're think have to do some supernatural to win a state championship because you already have the talent and, and, you know, you're already doing everything you need to do to win. And, you know, I, I made sure that it was about them and not about me because, um, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm just a small part of that team. We got great assistant coaches that, that got those kids ready, and um, but it was pretty special to watch. I mean, they just they crushed everybody in the, the season. We 
we almost doubled the second place our conference championship. We were district champions, sectional champions, and you know the only track meet we lost all year was the state championship to, to Rockridge. So it was a special team for sure. So it was, it was a good a good team to uh, finish my career with. Pretty awesome spring to go out on as far as just that the way that team performs when you think about it. And of course, you've got some family that you want to stay close to and kind of get back in. You mentioned Caitlin going through and she's a college athlete, a son playing some high school ball. So stepping away from coaching so you can be a little bit closer to that. But when you do think about it, what will be the biggest thing that you miss from coaching some of these teams the last quarter century? Oh gosh, it's just going to be the relationships that you have with the kids. and um, You know, I've, I've done everything in track and field. I, you know, my first year it was me and one other guy and we coached everything and we, we worked at a small school with a chat track and we had to line the track with, you know, lime every time we wanted to have track meet. And, um, it's just those special relationships. And, um, you know, I've coached everything from sprints to jumps to distance to vault to, you know, the throws obviously is where my specialty area is. But, you know, if you're a head track coach, I think you need to be involved and be able to coach everything. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of great throwers over the years and do a lot of great things, and it's great to see them now have families of their own. And, you know, I've got kids now that I've coached so long that their kids are coming up through the system, and they're like, all right, Coach Peak, my kid's going to be a freshman next year. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to be back, and you know, they're disappointed because here I'm not going to be coaching their own kids. I coached them 20 years earlier, so. Um, it's, it's, I'm going to miss that, but I know that you know if you lay that foundation with those kids, that they're always going to be there for you, and you're always going to have those relationships for them. And you know, I've got a young man right now named Braden Presser who throws for the U.S. Naval Academy, and um, he's getting ready for um, you know outdoor nationals this year for Division One, and he's ranked number two in the nation right now. So mm. it's excited to get to see him throw. And um, you know, I've got another young lady who's throwing down in Missouri. She's got she's red shirt in this season. She had a little shoulder issue and. Um, you know, I've had a lot of kids go on and throw collegiately, and you know Matt Morrison is signed to Tennessee next year, so I get to continue to see them perform and do well, and um, you know, and and if, if things work out, and you know, I can show up every now and then and help out at practice. I'll help out at practice every now and then, but you know, right now my focus is just on getting healthy and 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 you know, doing that and just kind of again getting ready for the next battle, but. There's just a huge outreach. I, I just, it's just so much I'm going to miss. But those relationships will always be, be hard. Finishing up uh, what will be a Hall of Fame track and field coaching career here at uh, Liberty North. Also spent time Plattsburgh, Belton, North Kansas City along the way as well. So congratulations on a stellar career. Praying for you, hoping everything continues to head down this road. Of course, you've got treatments on the way, surgery knocked out. But uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you back in Maryville one of these days, Ken, and, and sitting down and doing this in person definitely I, I would love to do that so i think this is going to be something that um so it's going to continue and they're going to keep building this foundation and you know there's parts of it that's aimed toward kind of helping back and giving back toward northwest and um you know i've kind of started some preliminary talks with mr peterson the ad and coach churchman and i've had some conversations about some stuff too um, going back to last fall so I'm looking forward to getting involved and helping out Northwest. Like you said, you know, once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. I'm never, that, that my my six great years in the Ville are, are always going to be with me, so it's always a pleasure to come back up to Maryville. 
it's changed a little bit over the years, you know, and they're continuing to do that too, but uh, but all for the better, for sure. So For sure, yeah. It, it's fun to see the changes over the years, and, and uh, especially about the last, you know, with my daughter going to school up there and, and being up there. And as soon as the Hughes Center opened up, I think there's only been about one track meet I haven't worked at, so um, I, I always enjoy coming back up and spending time in Maryville. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time and uh, continue down that road to healing. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate the support. A huge thank you to Ken Peak joining us here on Bearcat Rewind, a 1992 MIAA champion, a longtime high school track and field coach has produced some great athletes, now going through the battle of his life, but still keeping that positive demeanor, keeping those spirits up, and looking forward to seeing Ken come out the other side healthy here in no time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. In case you missed it last week, we had a national champion from Northwest Missouri State Track and Field, Tiffany Huey, part of that 4x400-meter relay. Prior to that, it was Alyssa Rezach, who was the new head coach for Maryville High School Volleyball. She was an All-American with Northwest Missouri State Volleyball, so a lot of great content. In case you've missed it over the last few weeks, check those out here on the podcast. That'll wrap things up for us. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next week.